anxiety, depression, and an open conversation. That's what my podcast is about. So, I have anxiety, I have depression, and I am dyslexic. I also have a couple of physical disorders. Um, I have uh, lumbar lordosis, but also a form of scoliosis where my spine curves to the right and it touches a nerve, which is not fun, I have to say. Uh, I also have Raynaud's phenomenon. Uh, that's where like your hands and feet um, get overly cold because your blood vessels are way too dilate- undilated. So, um, yeah, you get, like, purple motley hands and you're freezing all of the time. Honestly, I'm so cold. And, um, yeah, it took me approximately three weeks to pluck up the courage to start talking to my computer. Um, I'm alone in, well, my family bedroom I guess like it's my sister's bedroom but I used to live here in this bedroom (laughs) um I currently study biomedical science at the University of Plymouth and um I live there with my boyfriend he is exceptional I love him so much um sorry I don't know why I put that in that cringe (laughs) so and um Yeah, I just wanted a way to talk without having any judgment. And I know you might judge me, but I'm hoping that someone out there might relate and I might help someone. So that would feel pretty good, actually. Yeah. So I like to use imagery with my anxiety because it helps me so sometimes I refer to it as a pit that I can't find my way out um sometimes a box that I've put myself in and then things get added on top and it's slowly crushing me that's generally like when I'm feeling anxious and depressed at the same time and then I also use the the a mountain metaphor like um, my anxiety feels like a mountain right now and you're putting a flag in the top because I'm just going to explode in a second and I can't, I, my, I'm not very good at handling my emotions when I get like that and, um, yeah, when I tell my partner I'm a mountain anxiety today, it's like, okay, I'm just going to steer clear of you because he knows I'm not very good at handling myself and I know I should be but it's hard and it's hard for everyone my parents are lovely I honestly couldn't ask for better people to have raised me but they did have five children and I think the lack of attention kind of led me to the road of well they're not listening so they must not care or must not want me and um it kind of spirals from that thought
so a good example of my anxiety and depression working together is like I recently started running with my family because they were doing the couch to 5k um and I wanted to like I feel good in my body but I'm not comfortable with myself like I'm not at the point where I want to be um I'm going to be prudently honest with you right now I don't think prudently is the right word I told you I'm just like I don't know if I can clue uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be candid because I think that's the best way to be uh, I am currently 17 stone 8 and I was 18 stone about a month ago um, but I started being lactose free because I'm lactose free <laughs> lactose intolerance you know sometimes um yeah so when I came home from university they were running I was like oh okay I'll join in running because I want to lose weight and getting started with someone who has the motivation to do it is a much easier way than trying to find the motivation yourself um so I was running with my mum the other day and when I came back I felt really good like it hurt obviously but I felt like almost free and there were no bad thoughts, there was no overthinking anything, it was just nice calm in my mind and it felt so good. Um, but as soon as I like came to bed I just started overthinking everything, like everything in my life was going to fall apart. and. I couldn't, I couldn't make it better, I couldn't fix it, and I know that's not the reality, but when you're in that state, and in that frame of mind, you're not thinking about reality, or how a person is, like, by your side, like, me and my sister are sharing a room at the minute, and she's right there, but I felt so alone, and yeah I um yeah I just I had confidence and I lost it within like four hours and I was like wow that is the biggest change I've felt in a while so quite recently in the last couple of weeks I've had a couple of mountain days where I've exploded um I'll pick out just one because I'm not really feeling that candid <laughs> uh, so my sister myself and my mum went to Asda to uh, just get some baking stuff and some stuff that was missed off of shopping um, we do click and collect because my mum's high risk <clears throat> excuse me and um I don't know why it was so important at that moment in time but I wanted to put everything we'd bought into one bag and I just couldn't get over the fact that I wanted to put it all in one bag and because my sister knows my back hurts she just wanted to split the load and carry some and I was like no it will fit in this bag I can put it in this bag and she was like, why are you making a big deal out of this? It's just a bag. 
But in my head at the time, I was like, why is she second guessing me? I can do this. I can put it in a bag. I'm not three. I know how to pack a bag. So I explode. Obviously, they live and work here, so they get upset with me. And um, we have a whole 20-minute yelling match because I'm not in the right frame of mind to talk. And then when we get home, I apologise and realise, wow, why did I get so upset over a bag? And that's some, that's what mountains are like for me. Um, I don't know if anyone else has mountain days, but sometimes I really just get fixated on a tiny, tiny detail. And it could be anything, and I just can't get it out of my head. When I was in college, um, something that really helped me was finding a passion for myself. And I have always loved to sing. I'm no Catherine Jenkins, but I am pretty decent. Um, so I joined the Royal Opera House Community Choir. Um, it's based here in, in Thurrock in Essex, where I grew up. Um, and it's a non-audition process. So if you live in Thurrock, Essex, go find out more. Um, but it was just this community of people who just loved to sing. And they are so lovely and incredible. And I got to do so many cool things, like... We got invited to sing before the um, Nutcracker Ballet and we got to watch it for free, like from really high up in the gods, which I don't mind. It was really cool and amazing experience that I would have never been able to go to when I was that young if I hadn't got into singing. And I can't thank them enough. Like, they really helped me. I always felt whole and joyful and calm. And it wasn't the music like you think. It was opera. I had never sung opera before, but it just felt so happy and flamboyant. I seriously cannot thank the people at the Royal Opera enough. So today we went into tier four in my local area, you know, the tier Boris made up because he didn't realise there was a new strain and didn't want to call it lockdown. The hell was up with that? Anyway, so my family were frantically running around trying to get people their presents because we were quarantining because um, a friend of ours who was supposed to go back to Australia tomorrow was got a positive test and was asymptomatic so we had a farewell dinner and we had to self-isolate obviously um so we started quarantining all of their gifts and stuff and then we ran my sister's who lives in the local area and is only like 20 minutes away and put it in her garage so she can keep it there for 72 hours and then my mum and dad have gone to Peterborough they left at eight o'clock and um, 
to meet my brother-in-law halfway to do a two-metre distance swap of presents so my nephew can have a proper Christmas. And my nan's plans have been thrown up the wall because she was going to visit my auntie Sarah, who lives in Wales. But due to the fact that we've been put in tier four and she's been put in tier four, and now there's the only one day Christmas thing, those plans have been ruined. And because we're self-isolating, it means that we can't have her here for Christmas. So she's just going to be alone in a flat by herself. And yes, modern day technology helps and messenger is a great device but it kind of sucks and i'm not mad because it was a sensible thing to do i'm just disappointed that he didn't do this from the beginning because he was quite happy to postpone eid and really pleased and fine with postponed cancelling Diwali but when it came to a consumer holiday such as Christmas he wanted all the money he could get. It's kind of disappointing and luckily my dad is very headstrong and logical and he didn't make any plans But it it upset the balance in a lot of ways. It made us all anxious. It, It made my whole family vibe off today. My dad was on edge, where he's normally quite a chilled, laid back person. My mum cried about five times on the phone to different family members. The only time I cried was when I talked to my partner and he just said to me, I'm fed up. And that's all he had to say. And I just burst into tears because all I wanted to do was hug him. All I wanted to do was make him feel okay. And I try from where I am, but he's two and a half hours away. There's not a lot I can do from here other than words. And sometimes words aren't enough. So, today was hard. Hard for a lot of people, I'm guessing, because we're not the only ones going into tier four. Like, there's a good portion of the London and the South East and Kent and the East of England that are going into tier four. But it kind of messed us up today. It messed me up today. So, if you know someone with anxiety and you feel like they've been distant or haven't been doing their usual patterns, like I have a very close friend on my course and we message about every day. And she can now tell by my face when I'm having a bad day. So when you check in on your friends, even if they don't want to meet face to face because of the circumstances, try 
Zoom calls or messenger calls because you can tell so much by a person's face rather than their texts. If I say I'm fine to you right now, you have no idea what my face looks like. I could be sobbing my eyes out. So face-to-face check-ins are important with someone who has anxiety. Listen to them. They don't want you to fix them. They just need you to listen. Don't offer advice. Maybe you could help by suggesting how to manage it or changing the narrative so sometimes I get caught up in my own head because I uh, feel inadequate compared to my partner because he's very athletic and I am not at all so I, I compare myself to him a lot and he doesn't let me get caught up in that he tells me that in his eyes I'm beautiful that there's no one else on the planet (laughs) and I think to myself there are over 35 billion people someone better than me could come along and change him change his feelings and that's not true I mean okay That's not true right now. But maybe. I, you can't spend your days trying to foretell the future because you don't want to get hurt. That's not how life works. You have to live in the moment. And love whomever will love you unless they're toxic and then don't do that because that's a really bad idea